got me reaching for the moon. Falling since the midnight. You got me playing the moon.
and they cursed him from above. But they were frightened of his power. They were scared of his love. Lord, Lord, so they cut George Jackson down. Lord, Lord, they laid him in the ground.
head gets turned at the drop of her name Something inside that she's got turns you on just the same And she loves me God knows she loves me Kentucky woman She gets to know you She goes to own you Kentucky woman much The good lords have been beneath my feet Gentle touch From that one girl and life is sweet and good Ain't no doubt I'm talking about Kentucky woman She gets to know you She gone to own you Kentucky woman
mother married Becky Thompson, they bought a store in Tupelo. There was a virus going round, Papa caught it and it died last spring. And now Mama doesn't seem to want to do much of anything. them into the muddy water off the Tallahatchie Bridge. Buttons a push. All right now, I want to dedicate this song to everybody here with hearts, any kind of hearts and ears. As I said before, it's really groovy. I'd have to bore you for about six or seven minutes to do a little thing. Yeah. Excuse me for a minute. Just let me play my guitar, all right? Right now, I'm going to do a thing uh, by Bob Dylan. 
That's his grandma over there. That's a little thing called like a rolling stone. Once upon a time, you dressed so fine. Through the bombs of diamond in your prime. Oh, didn't you? People call, say, but where, dog? You're bound to fall, you thought they all. Well, couldn't you? how to live on the streets and now you uh, just gonna have to get used to it you say you never you never compromise with a mystery tramp but now you you got to realize he's not selling uh, any alibi as he stands in the vacuum of his life. And he says, hey, baby, would you like to wake uh, up? Precious gifts and things, but what 
You better take your diamond ring. I think you better. You better pawn a babe. Yes, I know, Mr. Burns. Don't worry. You used to be so amused at the pulling and rest and the sweet talk that he Put him now, he calls you. You can't refuse. When you ain't got nothing, you got a, nothing to lose. This one now, you got no secrets.
Square is what you've been listening to rocking into the night. Scott Doe thrown in for Sean, waiting for the Claudia and the Love shows coming up. Cruising down the motorway. Muniradio.fm.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even going to be jerks about it. Daryl! Are now you I serious? Have the mic all the way up. Try get old, people try, to listen uh, to my jokes? And, and they'll even say nice back. things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of... <laughs> YouTube uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. Right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh. Let's watch full-length movies. Let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See you next month. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior. And I started to do some thinking. Flat black plastic. Big and Saturday noon to two. I'm a freeway. I am a total fraud. Lord 
Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, Write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders. Look good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And... Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. insatiable appetite for all things in life, who scream at nothing and everything at the same time, who dance till sunup, who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow, who rival the moon with gravitational force, who leave room 
homes feeling empty and earthquakes struck. Who don't give a fuck? Who make? Who do? Who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs? Who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching? Who create from the soul of an orgasm? Who swagger even alone in the shower? Who fight with passion and love with passion and are passion? Who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution? Who would rather die than fall in line to conform? Who constantly challenge the norm? Who greet each and every day as if just born? I say to you, I know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact. And in fact, I know it best when I say to you, I love you. my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off, for <laughs> it's in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen Summer Cottage on the Mountain Ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. (laughs) Beep, you're listening to Radio 11 Archive, captured Monday, June 7th and 2200 hours. This is the voice of AquaQ. And forwards until cereal comes out of your nose, alphabet style. Now this. Gazink, your agent is loaded. It's especially fair and damp today. Just slide it on for a trial. We'll ultra shock it off later. Well, we'll try. The last time they side loaded an agent on me was two weeks ago, and it's still sticky around the ankles. Toes are a bit doughy too. It was also well known that the staff had been messing with the programs. Hot was cold, up was sideways. It was a right bollocks. The intention was unclear, but the effect was Lord of the Rings meets Pee Wee Herman in a nightclub disco deck with boots, a dinner dress, and a quart of petrol to last the night. You had to stay busy or the body program kicked in and started rewriting everything. It was 5am and Peru was rising, a tone chimed, it was Tuesday morning in the West Bank and the street merchants were setting up for the bazaar. Hakmet put up his wares and wandered across the street to the newsstand. Not gonna buy today's paper, Jellish, it's filled with lies and the ads are too expensive. Jason blinked, that was his name, Mr. H had begun calling him Jellish after a peanut butter mishap. Three years ago, everybody knew Creamy was bullshit, the paper was expensive to run since the owner lived well in his accounts. Securities I think he called it. The editor too lived strong with a mind to argue the cost of freedom. I guess it was 35 cents and a hot chocolate at the corner cafe where they cased the town for stories. Hackmeck wandered over for a cup. The sign tilted just a bit as he walked into the sunny dungeon pies and other morsely treatable owls and amenables. He had 35 cents. He walked in, stippled lip from a slight shaving accident, and tossed his 35 cents into the tip jar. Careful with that, fella, he said. You could buy a paper with that. Frog, the editor just smiled as he usually does when he's being bullied or getting ready to trim his toenails. This time was both. 
not in the coffee shop, man, don't forget what happens to dead cellular phones. They get recycled as little girls' tricycles. Well that's alright, hack mech, ill buy one for your family next time you've got a date with Lillary. She wrote me the other day. Dear editor, she's always so formal. Yes, Lillary was a peach and liked getting into the vertical columns on the paper, sideways. Extra extra. So the coffee tariffs are up again, eh old man? Surprised to see you so spend thrift at the till. Oh that's for the tables. It's a bizarre banquet from the street festival tonight. Lights action superstars. Indeed, the narrative had been left justified for 75p in last week's paper by another secret admirer of the bazaar. They sent a basket of baskets filled with gaskets, that's got to be something clever. What's clever? Frog asked. Weird I was just thinking to myself, it must be the coffee. You didn't have any. Oh that must be why then too, much of a non-creamed thing. It's time to get over to Peru. Get me the phone. Send us a message at anchor fm slash aqua q labs and tell us what you want to hear. It's April 20th, 2020 and this is aqua q labs c3w. Chattering deep into the light bright webbings of patterned feet is this podcast brought to you on the anchor.fm platform from the labs of aqua q anchor.fm is available for iOS and Android brings a free and clear interface for your podcast creator genius with royalty free music and sound effects. That make you sound from the Radiophonic Workshop with segments for you to advertise yourself in the cash money you so deserve. Available everywhere. Podcasts are free. Just do the queue. The story of our energetic twisteries of dot cues out on a Thursday, no less, is more. Day became night as was the middle ground of the evening and carried on. As he was in normality, his brain jiggled just on the interstate.
All right. <laughs> Hi, everyone. We're the Linda Lindas. And this first song we're going to play is called Claudia Kishi. And it's, we wrote it for a documentary on Netflix called The Claudia Kishi Club. It's about a book character named Claudia Kishi from the Babysitter's Club books. Do homework online. 
everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Review with Roman. Today, it's Friday, May 28th, 2021. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. Uh, that's where <laughs> we usually are, but if you're listening for the first time, thanks for tuning in. We are located in San Francisco, which is on unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatouche Ohlone people. And for more information, please go to weeklyrev.org. And on our land acknowledgement tab, we've got a lot of links and resources and information. So again, please go to weeklyrev.org and click on the land acknowledgement tab. And coming up, we're going to play an interview I did earlier this week. And many folks who are familiar with Mutiny Radio remember Global Val, who hosted a show, Women's Magazine, as well as Common Thread Collective. And it was so great to, to catch up. And we talked about the San Francisco Public Defender's Office and so much more, as well as an upcoming event that's happening that's put on by the Tenderloin Museum. And folks will be able to see that as it will be an online event. So uh, we just talked about a lot of really important and interesting things. So I'll be playing that momentarily. I did want to introduce the music that we shared here. The first song was a song I heard for the first time by a band called uh, Wise Blood, and it's called Generation Y, W-H-Y. And I heard that in a film called VHS, which I'd been wanting to see and finally got to see and enjoyed immensely. And also want to recommend the show Hacks uh, on HBO Max. I've been enjoying that as well. So always good to plug uh, art that uh, has heart to it. And yeah, and then uh, there's a band called the Linda Lindas, and I had heard their, their Claudia Kishi song. Um, there's a documentary, I believe it's on Netflix, about Claudia Kishi of the Babysitter's Club. I was a big fan of the series when I was younger. And um, so this performance, and I'll be playing uh, more songs throughout the show today, was from the LA Public Library, and this is part of Teentastic Tuesday's AAPI Heritage Month kickoff with the Linda Lindas, and this happened on May 4th of this year. And the full video is available on YouTube, and I'll be sharing some music throughout the program uh, today. So wanting to share that. And also, it's just so encouraging seeing young people uh, put their art out there in the world. All right, I'm going to go ahead and play this uh, <laughs> interview here. I uh, pre-recorded it. That's been one thing we've been able to do with the pandemic is, I guess we could have also done it ahead of time prior to the pandemic, but that's been something that's been helpful in terms of engaging with folks who wouldn't be able to make it into the studio otherwise or do it live. So here we go. And we'll be checking in afterwards. It's about a 32 minute interview. So, and we'll also be providing links on our page at weeklyrev.org. There'll be a post up later today with um, many of the links that we're talking about and as well as the book that Jeff Adachi wrote and as the documentaries that he has made as well. So yeah, look for that later today. All right. <laughs> well, hi, Roman. It's nice to be back on your show at Mutiny Radio. This is uh, Val Ibera, a.k.a. Global Val, uh, many, many years at Mutiny Radio, and it's a pleasure to be back on the show today in a different capacity. Um, yeah. I, I now work for the San Francisco Public Defender's Office as the public information officer, um, so I'm really proud that I laid a lot of my media foundation right there at Mutiny um, to kind of bring me to this to this uh, time and place. And so I wanted to thank you for inviting me on today to talk about some of the events and projects that are going on with the Public Defender's Office. Yeah, very much looking forward to that. And I thought perhaps we could also just talk about what the uh, Public Information Officer, what are you responsible for? Well, I am the liaison for press. 
And so I uh, work on press releases and press statements, and I I, I speak with reporters and um, and do a lot of the external communications mm -hmm. for our office. Um, but I also do a lot of the internal communications as well. So I, I you know keep track of who in our office has been quoted in the press uh, any given day or week. So I'm you know sending out weekly uh, news roundups to the whole department. Um, which is, I think, a really interesting thing that, uh, you know, I've been doing and building up to, and, and I do it, um, you know, regularly at this point in time. Uh, the pandemic has been an interesting shift. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, any way that we can all, you know, stay connected uh, is really important. And so um, I really enjoy being able to um, keep people connected within the department, even though we're not all in the building anymore. Got it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and, and I'm also working on a few other really interesting creative projects that we're going to talk about today that I'm excited about. Great. Well, please um, go ahead. We can start off with the, the upcoming events um, at the Tenderloin Museum and then go from there. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm glad you reached out to me about this event. Um, so on J June 2nd at the Tenderloin Museum, um, there's going to be an event that features the um, well, kind of the life and times, but also a specific book that was written by the late public defender, Jeff Doughty, um, who was public defender for 22 years. Mm. Uh, San Francisco still wow. is the only uh, county in, in California that has an elected public defender. Mm. Um, so uh, he's, you know, widely regarded and respected, not only as a, as a amazing attorney, but also as um, a filmmaker and a writer. Um, mm. So he was a bit of a Renaissance man. Um, and so he had written a, a book um, prior to his passing about the first public defender of San Francisco, whose name was Frank Egan. Mm -hmm. um, uh, incidentally, this year is the 100th anniversary of the San Francisco Public Defender's Office. Mm. And so Frank Egan became public defender of San Francisco in 1921. Um, he was a former police officer, um, and he was kind of a, a, a man about town. Um, and then he ended up being uh, tried for murder, <clears throat> excuse me, murder and conspiracy. Oh, wow. Um, for the death of, of a, a woman in San Francisco. And so uh, the book that Jeff Adachi wrote is, is the, the case of Frank Egan, mm -hmm. Murder and Scandal in the 1930s. Mm. And uh, so that book is going to be featured as part of the conversation at the Tenderloin Museum on June 2nd. Oh, wow. Uh, it's it's really interesting to me. I've read the book, and we, we had our own panel that you can find on our YouTube channel. Mm. But um, and, and at this particular discussion on, coming up at the Tenderloin Museum, uh, it'll be a, a panel discussion with Matt Gonzalez, who's the chief attorney in our office. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of our, our resident historian, if you will, um, along with Jacques Wilson, who's a longtime um, managing attorney in our office, um, both of whom worked very, very closely with Jeff Dachi. Um, and uh, it's it, the, the book itself is a really great read. Um, mm -hmm. He's writing it, you know, I mean, he's a defense attorney, but uh, there, there was no actual court transcript of Frank Egan's trial, hmm. that that so not not none known in existence, um, but 
at the time, there were so many different newspapers in San Francisco that there was a throng mm. of reporters in court every single day kind of fighting to get the, the day's headline. Um, and so he literally had to go back and piece together the history um, from the headlines and from these articles. It, I mean, it's been written about in, in some other um, respects as well. David Talbot wrote about it in Season of the Witch, mm -hmm. um, most notably and recently. Um, but the way that Jeff Dodge tells it, it, it becomes this, this gripping read um, as the investigation unfolds and, and the theatrics of the courtroom. Um, so it's, uh, it's it was pretty interesting um, that it, it happened to be um, published posthumously um, in this uh, centennial year for the office. Yeah, I thought something you mentioned early on I was just curious about was that why is San Francisco the only a city in California with an elected public defender? That is a really great question. Now, I don't know why we elect one and other counties do not. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know the history behind that, but there is a lot of conversation out there about, well, why do all district attorneys get elected? Why mm -hmm. do all sheriffs get elected? And mm -hmm. yet, um, most public defenders are appointed. Right. So, they and in, in you know, politically speaking, um, it, it's a more um, precarious position to be in if you're in an appointed position. So you might be appointed by a mayor or a, or a city council, um, and then you know, so therefore some of the decisions that you're making um, are, are going to get that sort of um, scrutiny mm -hmm. if you're doing things that people don't like. Um, but as a, as an elected public defender. Uh, Manel Raju is our elected public defender now, mm -hmm. um, and he's been in the office for a dozen years um, already and uh, was kind of the natural pick um, to, to, to follow Jeff Adachi. Um, but it does give our city, um, our public defender, uh, a position of, um, you know, just being able to answer to the public and having a little bit more independence um, you know, we have a policy unit, so we push for a lot of different local and statewide legislation, um, and, and we, and you know, therefore gives him, you know, a little more leverage um, in, in pushing for some of the changes that uh, we want to see to the criminal legal system. Hmm. That's I, I didn't know any of that, so thank you for sharing that information. I have learned <laughs> so much since I've been here. Uh, I feel like I accidentally. Um, you know, jumped into law school. Mm. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's it's really quite the journey, um, and it's really inspiring as well. I bet. I bet. And yes, this upcoming event sounds really interesting, as well as the book. I was looking at the uh, link from the Tenderloin Museum that they sent. So it looks looks very fascinating. Yeah, and they've shown some of his films in the past, and um, mm -hmm. and actually they're going to show one of his uh, documentary shorts that evening as well. Um, and, and to kind of tie in uh, to both filmmaking and the Tenderloin, and um, we have a new program, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, an art and media initiative um, that, mm. that our office has started called the Adachi Project. Oh, um, cool. And it's inspired by Jeff, and, you know, and obviously named after him mm -hmm. um, because he really wanted to use film documentary film to um you know to to broaden um 
the lens and and let the public see kind of the ins and outs of of the system that we don't often see. And so the Adachi project that we've started just in the past, um, we've just been working on it for the past year or so, and we've finally got our final approval, <clears throat> excuse me, by the city <clears throat> uh, back in December. Um, and, and that and that's and that's part of our goal there, which is we want to illuminate these unseen perspectives and amplify these unheard voices uh, mm -hmm. of people who are impacted the most by the criminal legal system. Yes. Uh, those who are caught up in it for one one reason or another. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, we've we've put out three films so far, and um, the first one that we released actually is about um, a halfway house in the Tenderloin. Mm. Uh, the address of it is 111 Taylor Street. Yes. So the, the name yeah. of the film is 111 Taylor during a pandemic. So it happened to be, um, you know, we were kind of interested in, in highlighting um, the, the ins and outs of, of what it means for people who are living, um, you know, are on parole. And it happened to be that the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a couple of clients who were living at 111 Taylor, which is owned and operated by Geo Group, the multi-billion oh. dollar private prison industry, um, corporation <sighs> rather. Mm -hmm. um, so Geo Group runs 111 Taylor and um, our clients who are living there were saying, that, you know, this is scary. We don't know what's going on. Right. Um, and we have that kind of unique relationship with, with these folks because we, the rural we here, are their public defenders and they, they trust their public defender um, probably more than anybody else in the entire system. Uh, and so um, we ended up getting a camera to, to um, one of these people uh, who began recording what was going on and um, the lack of social distancing and the fact that people inside were having to uh, clean, you know, but weren't, didn't have the proper PPE. Um, mm -hmm weren't necessarily being told to wear masks or some people were not allowed to wear masks because mm -hmm. of their parole conditions. Um, and so uh, that, that uh, so I definitely recommend, um, all of these films are available on wearedefender.com. Mm -hmm. um, what's, I mean, 111 Taylor has already had some impact. Um, there's a, there was a, another res, there was another outbreak of COVID-19 um, just this past January that was exposed by a current resident. Um, that current resident, um, or the resident at the time, um, is Keith Malik Washington, who's the mm -hmm. uh, new editor-in-chief of the Bayview. SF That's Bayview yeah. National Black Newspaper. So he exposed a, a new outbreak, and he, he's not our client, but um, uh, you know he talked to Tim Redman at 48 Hills, told him about this outbreak. Tim Redman called the uh, 111 Taylor they lied, they denied that there was an outbreak there, <sighs> then they had to eat their words after they showed them the document that had been posted in the center. Um, and then uh, Malik Washington's faced a lot of retaliation from mm -hmm. the uh, GEO Group and the Bureau, Federal Bureau of Prisons um, that he's now suing them mm -hmm. um, uh, because of that retaliation. But our, the, our film came out right when all of that was happening, so it helped to kind of bolster his case. Yes. Um, and to show this this long ongoing pattern of uh, neglect um, against people who are who are you know among the most marginalized folks in our society. Yes. Um, and during a global pandemic, when everyone deserves to be safe, 
and um, our institutions. We've seen so many um, failings of various institutions throughout this pandemic. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, it was lending a, a glimpse into that, um, you know, against the the recklessness of the private prison prison uh, industry. Mm -hmm. um, but but the interesting now tie-in, and I'm, I may be going, you know, a little bit fast and deep here. No, there's um, a lot to, to get to. So yeah, go for it. <laughs> the um, 111 Taylor, uh, the address right there, is happens to be the site of the Compton Cafeteria riots. Mm -hmm. And so there's a movement from the Transgender Cultural District of San Francisco, which is the only cult transgender cultural district in the world that, mm -hmm. that, so that, we, that I know of, or that yeah. we know of. Um, and they're trying to reclaim spaces. And so, um, so that is another kind of piece of the puzzle or, or piece of, the, of, the, uh, of what we're building um, so now our office is involved in trying to bolster that effort. Um, unfortunately, Geo Group owns that building. Um, and so it's, it, but you know, I mean, change doesn't, sometimes change happens overnight, but sometimes you push for it and yes, um, yes. and it comes later, you know, it took about eight years to shut down uh, the jail at 850 Bryant. Yes, that happened. That's right. um, yes, yes. And we're going to close down Juvenile Hall at the end of this mm -hmm. year. So that's happening. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a good reminder. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I think sometimes it's easy to feel uh, like it's you know constantly uh, pushing a rock uphill. Like there's like if there's so much to undo, um, mm -hmm. and at the same time, it's important to remember the victories that have happened. Right, right, and to and to keep looking at the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, for those for those spots of light, for those openings, for those opportunities, um, it's it's stoked for us. Um, you know the need to really address um, what happens. I mean, we were already focused on this, but particularly now, uh, focusing on what happens to people who are when they're released from prison. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people still receive two hundred dollars in gate money. Which is the same amount that they received, like in the, you know, 30 years ago, um, and you know, if you've been in prison for any amount of time, that uh, you know, you might not have clothes that you're ready to mm -hmm. walk out the door in. So, right. you know, you can buy your sweats and t-shirt out with your gate money, and by the time you're out the door, you know, you've got a hundred bucks. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Far. Right. You know, so, um, so it's a. Um, it's it's a an area we're really looking at is what happens with you know people who actually are released um, mm -hmm. and go to you know reentry places like like halfway houses, mm -hmm. um, but um, unfortunately so many of them are now owned and operated by the private prison industry. Yeah. Um, but so you know wanting to shift those kind of resources to community based programs who actually yes. have you know the incentive and and the and their compassion rooted in the community um, right. and wanting to see what you know the people do their best yes. um, but of course in the private prison industry is their you know profits are the bottom line right right um, yeah it makes me think i i write to a couple of folks who are incarcerated and just hearing what was happening during the pandemic and how 
so many folks got infected and how so many people who are working there just did not, and this was in California, just did not care and how heartbreaking that is. it's like already into being also just to be cut off from visitors from like family and also just how expensive it is to either to email or to call or to buy uh, goods at the commissary, just like soap and just things that I think a lot of us take for granted. It's just, it's so heinous, honestly. Yes, it, it is. And right now, actually, uh, this week and, and probably continuing on next week, um, there's a hearing in Marin County Superior Court mm. um, against, there, there's, a, it's three, over 300 petitioners from San Quentin mm-hmm. have filed for habeas uh, corpus, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, which is claiming Eighth Amendment uh, violations of cruel and unusual punishment, uh, deliberate indifference on, be- on the uh, behalf of the state, um, California Correct- Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, and also San Quentin. Um, because of the uh, heinous transfer of 121 people from um, one prison uh, in Chino, California, uh, mm-hmm. last May, so at the time, uh, that prison in Chino, California Institute for Men, um, was was the coronavirus hotspot in the California mm-hmm. state prison system. And then those 121 people were transferred to San Quentin, which until that time had zero known cases of coronavirus. Um, and uh, the people were not tested, you know, right before they were, they were brought um, and they were, you know, Peddled together in small spaces on a bus for 11 hours, and then they weren't, um, you know, quarantined or isolated when they arrived at San Quentin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we saw the worst uh, carceral outbreak uh, last summer, um, where uh, over like over 2,000 people, I think it was 2,600 people mm. at San Quentin, had become infected, mm. and 28 died. And one staff member also died. And so that case is ongoing. Our office, um, along with uh, a few other um, public defender offices and private defense offices, are um, are participating in this hearing and representing uh, over three oh, these over 300 plaintiffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you wanted to follow what was going on there, um, mm-hmm. it's happening in Marin County Court. And uh, the link to watch is on the, the Zoom calendar okay. um, on Marin County's court, or you can look at our website on sfpublicdefender.org. Okay. And we have it, uh, the habeas page, or you can find it on our media page. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I'll be, um, we have a, a website now that uh, goes along with the, with the show, so I'll be providing the links uh, after the show goes on the air. Excellent. I'm mm-hmm. so happy to hear that you're doing, that you're, uh, doing the show yeah yeah and it seems like it's evolving as well yes yeah i mean there's there's so much there's unlimited amounts of news and information that uh, people deserve to know so happy to pr- provide even if it's just a, a little bit at a time happy to get it out there well i you you know i appreciate that and uh, i appreciate your you're always looking for stories uh, about justice um Finding too many stories about injustice, but that's, yes. that's how that's how we rattle the cage, Roman. Yes, yes, yeah. 
Oh, oh my. Mm. And I miss your sigh. Because the sigh oh. says a lot. Um, the sigh is a healthy thing, you know. Mm-hmm. One of the things I was I was explaining to someone about, the, especially the Adachi project, and we have a couple other films that have come out too. Mm-hmm. Um, one that just came out yesterday, um, which I can talk more about. But yeah, you know, the the, the subject matter is heavy. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you know, it, it is heavy. However, the ultimate goal is to grow compassion. Right. Right. And, you know, we, I'll just kind of be blanket about it, right? Society writes off, often writes off people who are, you know, either in jail, um, in prison, coming out of jail, coming out of prison, have a criminal background, right? Those are the folks who get written off a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just in, in society, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, what we're, what we're doing with the Adachi project is, is bringing the work of public defense, which is getting in close, knowing who, who these folks are, who our clients are, who their families are, what their community, what communities they come from. Um, because we represent those, you know, we represent the actual humans in the room who are going to be potentially suffering the most consequences from the actions of the system that continuously dehumanizes people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, by, by looking at these kind of, we talk about the system as being, you know, this broken thing. Well, the system is doing as it was designed to do. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about the system, it's such this big, massive, cloudy idea. So with the Adachi project, we want to look at these micro realities. Mm. So yesterday, we our, the film we released is called From Inside, mm-hmm. and it's conversations with people in San Francisco County Jail. Again, incidentally, this all happened this year, but um, during the pandemic. So in those early days, the anxiety, the stress, the fear, the feeling dehumanized, the feeling oppressed, um, you know, these are the types of feelings that happen to people in jail, regardless of a pandemic. Yes. And then it's amplified by mm-hmm. this fear that they could p- potentially die, right? right. That this being in jail, you know, whether you've, you, you might be in jail because you couldn't afford bail at the time, mm-hmm. right? So the, Like so many people. Right, like hundreds of people <sighs> are in jail before they're even brought to trial. So, right. you know, we, we, we like to say innocent until proven guilty, but one of the things that the, uh, one of the people in the film says, you know, you're, you're guilty and then you have to prove that you're innocent, mm-hmm. which is really more along the lines of how the system tends to work. Yes. Um, you know, and, and so we wanted to, to bring that experience out. And there's, it, it is done like a film um, in the sense that there's artistic graphics that are kind of distorted, kind of disorienting, trying to bring that experience of like the racing mind that someone would have um, being, you know, locked in that position. Um, and then the, the third film that we that we did is, um, I think it's a little bit more. It, it's 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 on a different tack than the other two. Um, and it's called Forty Four Years Later. Mm-hmm. And Roman, were you st- still at Mutiny when we were? Or were you there when we did that big um, and participated in the end mass incarceration project? We had all the letters and art on the walls from people yes, in prison. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and so around that time, there were also um, hunger strikes 
mm-hmm. um, in prisons, like at Pelican Bay, there was a big hunger mm-hmm. strike. And so that was several years ago now. But one, mm-hmm. of, one of the people who um, was kind of a leader in, in the Pelican Bay hunger strike against mm-hmm. solitary confinement, mm-hmm. his name is Paul Redd. Mm-hmm. And Paul Redd um, was convicted of a very serious crime at age 19. Um, he, uh, there was, it, his trial lasted three days from jury selection to verdict mm. and sentencing. Um, it was based on the sole um, testimony of a co-defendant uh, who got a deal and ended up doing no jail time. And so Paul Red was sentenced to prison. Um, he spent the next 44 years in prison, um, 30 of which he spent at, very, at various intervals um, in solitary confinement. Mm. This, this remarkable human um, did not have his spirit crushed. He became a hospice worker. He mm. became an anti-violence mentor um, and, and facilitator. Um, he became, you know, loved by 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 so many folks. Um, and he was one of the uh, people who stood up and was part of the hunger strikes um, and name, was part of the, the uh, landmark case that um, helped not end, but certainly revise the use of solitary confinement in California. Um, so um, there's basically anyone in prison who's not serving a life without parole, possibility of parole. Um, there, there, there's law in California that makes people eligible um, to have their sentence reviewed. Um, and so it used to be that the uh, only the prisons could recommend folks um, for resentencing. Then a couple of years ago, California law changed, and it also allowed district attorney offices to uh, petition the court to re- to hear, uh, you know, to determine whether someone should be resentenced. And so, um, we do have a progressive uh, district attorney. Um, Thank goodness. And, what's that? Thank goodness. We do, we do right, and and, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of these things that parts of the system that I've learned about just. Yeah. Part- being here for the past almost two years now. Wow. Um, that that you know I would have <sighs> not understood prior. Right. Um, right. And so, um, because we have a progressive district attorney and this law exists, we at the public defender's office are you know um, able to help people file these petitions, mm-hmm. uh, complete their petitions to the district attorney. Yes. Right. Um, so that, um, in a very basic way, is kind of how Paul Red um, was able to have his uh, was able to have a resentencing hearing by the by the court, mm. um, and the, and then he was freed last May. Wow! So forty four years later is the film, and um, and it is mm. his first day mm. that he is free, and he, he his family has gathered. <sighs> Um, his older brother